Thanks for coming in, Mr. Mahoney. Do you have your member ID card? Yep, I have it right here in the FEP Blue app. See? Great. It's awesome. The app can also help me find a provider and keep tabs on my deductibles. Okay, can I... Oh, yeah, and my out-of-pocket spending and visit limits, and I can call the nurse line. I'm really glad it does all that, but I only need to see your member ID card. Oh, that's it? Why didn't you say so? Fearless is just one tap away. With the new FEP Blue app from Blue Cross and Blue Shield, you can access your health benefits on the go. Download it now at fepblue.org slash app. You are Locked On Lions, your daily podcast on the Detroit Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, let's plate this dish and do it. Another edition of Locked On Lions on the Locked On Podcast Network for September 4 into 5, a Sunday night into Monday. Hope you're having a great Labor Day weekend, everybody, and thanks for tuning in on audioboom.com or on iTunes. You may be reading us and see us on fanragsports.com, today's pigskin.com. Matt Derry with you on what has been a wild weekend, certainly in Allen Park. Many surprises with the Lions getting their roster trimmed down to 53. We'll get the thoughts of Lions beat writer from MLive.com, Kyle Meinke, coming up. Your tweets are welcome at Derry Speaks, D-E-R-Y Speaks, and also on the fan page, the Matt Derry fan page on Facebook. We'll read some of those coming up as well. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, here on Locked On Lions, it's simple. Please do that. Sign up, and you'll get each and every podcast the minute that they are posted to iTunes or on Audio Boom. We'll get them to you, and you'll have it there for you, whether it's uh, driving home late at night after a long night on the third shift or heading into work tomorrow morning. And I know some of you are now, most of you not working tomorrow, but if you are, you'll listen to what we do here on Locked On Lions each and every single day. All right. Uh, also, want to remind you, Fantasy football drafts are coming up. You want Locked On Fantasy? You got it with Vinny Iyer. Check it out on the Locked On Podcast Network and also Locked On NFL with Matt Williamson as well. A lot of people are upset with the cutting of Jake Rudock yesterday, but then re-signed to the practice squad today. And l- listen, here's the bottom line with all the cuts and with everything else. What do you think about what the Detroit Lions are trying to do? Bob Quinn, the maestro in year number one, of the new general manager is trying to put his own team together. He's trying to put his own stamp on this roster. Many guys that he got rid of were guys that were Martin Mayhew guys. Uh, Gabe Wright, uh, Karan Reed, Alex Carter, a third-round pick, gone. Quinn's putting his own guys out there. Kerry Hyder, Darius Barnes, um, you know, uh, Andre Roberts was a pickup, Dwayne Washington. Certainly a lot of these guys, Anthony Zettel, were all Bob Quinn guys, and I have no problem with that. Did I like the fact that this team handed the backup quarterback job over to Dan Orlovsky and didn't even place Jake Rudock, the rookie from Michigan, on the active roster? No, I don't understand why you have 11 defensive linemen but only two quarterbacks. Looking at the way this offensive line has performed during the preseason, and knock on wood, you hope Matthew Stafford is upright for the entire 2016 season. But if he's not, and they are forced to go to Dan Orlovsky in a game that they need, and he cannot get it done, there's nobody else. You can't just take Jake Jake Rudock off the practice squad and activate him and have him run through the tunnel, put on his uniform, and come out. Heck, for road games, he won't even be there. Practice squad guys don't travel. 
So I don't quite understand why a guy that looked pretty good in the preseason, and I'm not here to tell you that I've all of a sudden turned into some Michigan slap, and I think Jake Rudock is a second coming of Dan Fouts or Bobby Lane. Not at all. But what I don't understand is how he didn't make the team. I thought he did enough in the preseason, especially in the last game against Buffalo, where he, where he moved the pocket a little bit, he ran, uh, or he, he rushed out, uh, scrambled, made throws, he made the, t- the touch passes in the back of the end zone, he looked good. I think Jake Rudock at least earned a spot to be the third quarterback and push Orlovsky and Matthew Stafford. Just the presence of a third quarterback is something that I really would have liked to have seen. But again, Matthew Stafford will go into another season unfettered, unchallenged, with just one quarterback behind him in Dan Orlovsky. And I think that's a mistake. As far as other concerns, uh, certainly linebacker, DeAndre Levy, Tahir Whitehead, uh, Kyle Van Noyer there. Josh Bynes placed on IR. He'll miss at least eight weeks. And if they want to activate him off IR, a change in the rules this year, he can be activated. But not having Josh Bynes, having John Bostic, who's on the active roster right now, very banged up, and really Antoine Williams and this kid from Jacksonville that they picked up um, today, Thurston Armbrister, linebacking spot is very, very thin. And that's a concern if anybody gets hurt. Uh, Certainly the biggest surprise, I guess, another big surprise defensively was Alex Carter getting cut in favor of unknown Adarius Barnes. Again, I'm not going to do backflips over it and go crazy over losing Alex Carter. Uh, He was was a guy that, especially in practices going back to even last year when he finally got healthy, didn't look like he belonged in the NFL. And again, this goes back to Martin Mayhew's poor drafting because Alex Carter, the third row, is a third-round pick, a cornerback from Stanford, who was not good enough to even make the team this year. And yet, special teamer like Johnson Batamosi makes the team. Adarius uh, is a better corner than Carter. Adarius Barnes, a better corner than Carter. Uh, Don Carey, who's been around the block numerous times as safety and a corner, um, gets you know has beaten out a former third-round pick in Alex Carter. Uh, so that's, that's a bit of a surprise, but nothing major. As far as the wide receiver spot, they're only the Lions are only carrying four active receivers: Marvin Jones, Golden Tate, Anquan Bolden, and Andre Roberts. Gone is T.J. Jones. Very surprising for me, and I know others differ. Maybe didn't have a great preseason, but I thought T.J. Jones was electrifying when he touched the football at times, both as a returner and a guy in the slot who could make some plays. I liked him. I know he was hurt his first year. I thought last year he came on and looked pretty good. Again, Corey Fuller's on the pup list right now, so he's around. But only going with four receivers means, one, Theo Riddick is a guy that's going to be split out wide a lot. And I'm sure we're also going to see, if Eric Ebron's healthy, Ebron and Cole Wick on the field at the same time. I like the fact they kept Jace Billingsley. I was hoping they would keep a Jay Lee on the practice squad. As of today, that is not the case, but Billingsley is there. But if we're going to sit here and dissect you know, the 49th, 50, 51st, 52nd, and 53rd men on the roster, then, then the Lions are in big trouble. Here's the bottom line. One, two, three, four, and five have to perform. And I'm talking about Matthew Stafford. And I'm talking about Golden Tate. And I'm talking about the guys on the offensive line and Taylor Decker and, guy, and Riley Reef, former first-round picks, current first-round picks like Decker. And defensively, Ziggy's got to get to the quarterback. You know, Darius Slay's got to be a pro bowler. DeAndre Levy's got to be healthy. We can, we can wring our hands of everything with not agreeing with the Rudock thing, which I don't. All right? I think the Lions made a mistake there. But he's still around on the practice squad. That's fine. It's fine. 
But if the money guys don't perform, does it really matter what goes on? Does it really matter what goes on with the last guys on the roster? Bob Quinn in this year is going to be a year of observation. If this team goes 7-9 and nine or 8-8 eight and eight, but looks better and looks like they've developed some players and maybe Caldwell messes up a few times so much that Quinn can't take it anymore, I think they'll go into next season a much more healthier uh, operation down a 2-2-2 Republic. I truly believe that. Uh, let's get our guest in here right now. As promised, from MLive.com, has covered the Lions for a while now and has uh, joined us earlier on Locked on Lions and does so right now. It is Kyle Meinke. Kyle, thanks for a few minutes. Hey, anytime, Matt. Good to be back. Tell me about uh, your impressions of the final roster cuts and what kind of message Bob Quinn is sending. Uh, play or go home, perform or go home. And, and sometimes even maybe that's not enough. I and mean, we just talked off there about... Uh, you know, the big, one of the, my biggest surprise was, was Jake Rudock. I, I really thought he had done enough to make the team. I mean, he was the highest rated passer for the Lions, uh, nearly 100, uh, four touchdowns, one pick. I, I mean, he, he, you know, he's a rookie quarterback. You expect him to struggle, and he did when he came in. He struggled for a long time. Even at the start of training camp, he, he, you know, he was not a consistent quarterback. And I remember one day he, he threw six straight and complete passes. I mean, he was really just struggling with the reads and everything. But he got better every day. And he, I mean, he, I remember he started to really, to me, it looked like he really started to click in about that week of the Pittsburgh practices. And ever since then, he got better and better and better. Um, and he finishes the season, uh, the, the preseason, you know, moving the football. He's avoiding the big mistakes. He's keeping Dan Orlovsky. Uh, I just thought they would keep him as a developmental quarterback because he was clearly developing. Um, and, I mean, you, 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 you just in the sixth round, Matt, like, what, what, do, you, I mean, what do you expect? He's not going to be, uh, you know, Tom Brady is the, the first big practice. You expect in the struggle, he expected to get better, and that's what he did, and he still cut him. So that that surprised me, but the good news for the Lions is uh, no one else claimed him, so he's on the practice squad. You can still get him in the program, still develop him uh, behind Stafford and Olavsky, and I do think there's a plan, or a hope, I should say, a hope in place with the Lions. The long term, he'll develop into the, uh, the replacement for Olavsky as the number two quarterback. Uh, I was also surprised by TJ Jones and the cut there. I mean, the guy was the starting slot receiver to begin the offseason. He was the top reserve after the acquisition of Anquan Bolden, and he even sat for the fourth preseason game with the rest of the regulars, and then a couple of days later, they cut him. So, I, I mean, I don't know there. I'm really curious to talk to Jim Caldwell and, and eventually someday Bob Quinn about the rationale there. I, just, uh, I don't get it. But rolling with four receivers is interesting to quarterbacks. That gives them enough bodies to, to carry basically every defensive lineman they like. They carried 11 defensive linemen there. That was a big surprise to me as well. They normally keep 9 or 10, but clearly rewarding the, the, the deepest position group on this team. Kyle, let's touch on the Orlovsky issue that you brought up. He had a brutal preseason, uh, 11 years in the league. We know Jim Caldwell's had him both in Indy and Detroit, but he's not very good. And, 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 and Jake Rudock looked like he had at least earned a spot. How would it work now if Orlovsky has to knock on wood, come into a game and struggle? Certainly, Rudock be on the practice squad can't play in that game, but I guess they could activate him for the next game and have to kill a roster spot with somebody else, correct? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a difficult situation because I, I understand what they're doing with Orlovsky. It does not surprise me that Orlovsky won the number two job. What surprised me was that Rudock was cut for all the reasons. Uh, that I just mentioned, but uh, they like Orlovsky because he has 11 years plus of experience in the NFL. This is his 12th season. He knows defensive coordinators. He knows tendencies. He knows the NFL game. He can look at an NFL film and see things and make notes that help Matthew Stafford week to week. He can. I mean, I talked to him 
uh, you know, just about his film habits. And he said he watches tons of red zone film on opponents and, and what the Lions do and so forth. And, like, gives um, Matthew Stafford basically a cheat sheet of, of, like, you know, hey, here's our things to watch when you get into the red zone. One thing you really help Stafford on. These are things that Rudak can't do because he's a rookie. You know, I mean, he, just has, he hasn't been around the game. And so I understand why people are lobsky around it. And I do. Given all the struggles and all that stuff, I still understand at least the logic there. But I, I was just, again, I was taken aback by the cut of Rudak because, I mean, he had done everything you'd expected. He was developing, he was getting better. And I figured they would want to keep him uh, on the roster and continue to develop him into hopefully the, the number two down the road. Kyle Meinke, I'm live.com. Joining me here, Matt Derry on Locked On Lions, fresh off a pretty busy weekend for the maestro Bob Quinn and, of course, Jim Caldwell. When looking at, do you like that nickname, by the way? The maestro? I, I, yeah, I do. I, I, I like Puppet Master. That's, that's kind of nice. Puppet? No. Not, I mean, I, I mean, I base the maestro, and I did this at 105.1, I base it off of Bob Cobb from Seinfeld, the maestro, and I think Bob Quinn is a bit of a maestro. I don't know. I got that. Yeah, I see the connection. <laughs> But but anyway, what about twenty five year old reference? I, I I didn't quite get that one. But you know, but you know Seinfeld, don't you? Yeah, I'm actually drinking. Uh, I'm drinking out of a festivist mug right now. I know Seinfeld. See, all right, I'm proud of you. What what about T.J. Jones not making it and only having? Is this is this mean that Theo Riddick will be out wide more? Is that what this means? Yeah, I, I do believe that. I, mean, I think that's one of the reasons why he became expendable. I also think I wonder who's going to do the return duties. I've gone. Back and forth on that, I'm kind of of the mind that Amir Abdullah is going to be the kick returner, even though we didn't see him there in the preseason to preserve his health. I mean, he was so good last year. He's number two in the league. I mean, you really pull the league's second-best kick return off kick return when you send a whole offseason talking about how important special teams are. Um, but if, if it's not him, it could be Dwayne Washington or something. So that, that was one takeaway I took from the T.J. Jones cut was that somebody else has won the return duties because that's something T.J. Jones can back up. And you look at a receiver, I mean, I, I, think, I just think they like the three guys they have in, in Bolden, Golden Tate, Marvin Jones. But then you also have Eric Ebron, you have Theo Riddick, you have Amir Abdullah, you have Cole Wick, who can line up in the slot. There's a lot of bodies you can throw out there in the spot. I, I really believe that's the way it'll go. I even look at the, the cutting of Matthew Mulligan in the first round of cuts. I know he doesn't really play in the slot, but the, I, I just think, you know, they have so many bodies at tight end and slot receiver. I mean, those are those can be very similar positions in this offense in terms of personnel. I think they've really devalued the blocking tight end in the Jim, in the Jim Bob Cooter offense. And they look at the number of bodies who will be playing in that spot position. I, I just think it made T.J. Jones a little bit more expendable, even if they liked him as a player. Why uh, Jace Billingsley? People thought maybe he was going to make the team. I, I didn't. I know I read you, you, you also thought practice squad. But why Billingsley over Lee? Well, it's a great question. I was actually just, just, just writing about that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think it's just a body type type deal. It's a type of receiver they're looking for because Jay Lee uh, didn't do anything wrong per se. I mean, he kind of disappeared for a couple of weeks there, which is why he didn't make the 53. But he did, had enough production, I thought, to make a practice squad either in Detroit or elsewhere. Uh, he's like six one, six two. He's a bigger dude. Did some things on special teams as a gunner and so forth. And so, uh, I, you know, Billings is a, a different type of player. He's, I mean, they list up five nine. He might be five nine. Uh, I was still in the locker room, and he's a he's a little little dude, uh, but obviously very athletic. Made a ton of plays. Uh, I do think this is a matter of rewarding a guy who really showed out during the preseason. He led lines in receiving, um, but also I, I do I think they envision him as a potential developmental player, either in the you know in the slot as well as as a return man. Because he did do a bunch of punt and pick return in practice. Lions beat writer Kyle Meinke with me. I'm live.com. 
I think another thing that Bob Quinn did here was send a message that his predecessor's draft picks were nothing special to him. Alex Carter gone, Gabe Wright gone, and even the great Karan Reed, who of course last year at this time was supposedly the second coming of Warren Sapp, they're all gone. What was your take on that? Yeah, all that stuff. There's four of them from Mayhew's last two classes that were cut, and I took particular um, notice of Alex Carter not only cutting a third-round pick from just last year, but doing so to keep Darius Barnes. Um, I'll give you a dollar, Matt, if you've heard of Darius Barnes before <laughs> before the final roster was announced. No, this guy was a total. This guy was a total nobody, even to reporters. I have a, a file of transcripts in my computer from all press conferences and so forth. And I just got real curious. I went through them. Uh, he was mentioned exactly zero times by coaches all offseason. I mean, this guy was off the radar as much as any guy in the whole league who made a 53-man roster. I'll guarantee it. And he was uh, when they, when I was going through the cut. And I realized he wasn't on the cut list. I had to double check that he wasn't already cut from the previous round. Wow. This guy was just off the, off the radar. And they cut, they kept him over a third round pick from last year. You know, it, it's just it's something that obviously, obviously Mayhew wouldn't have done if Mayhew was still over here. I think he goes with his, his draft pick and hopes he develops. But yeah, with, with, uh, Bob Quinn, he showed no allegiance whatsoever, uh, to, to the previous, uh, regime's draft picks and, and kept a guy he's going to develop and just didn't see anything in Alex Carter and, and moved on. And I think, I thought of the words that sunk cost. That's something you hear a lot in economics and stuff. I, I just, it's something I thought about a lot with Bob Quinn because he, he did cut, uh, he did cut a lot of third, fourth round picks in the past couple of years. Um, he wasn't really too concerned about what, you know, what kind of resources he was throwing away, third round picks, fourth round picks, whatever. He was just kind of concerned about long term losing the line. So that's, I think that's a very healthy approach after the last regime, which showed maybe a little bit of favoritism towards the draft picks. What about linebacker? I know they picked up Thurston Armbrister from the Jaguars. PFT, the first on that earlier today. That's a position, especially if Bostic's going to be out for a while, that's a, that's a position that if any of these guys, especially to hear, to hear Whitehead and Levy, if they're not healthy, especially DeAndre, that's going to be a very weak spot, is it not? I completely agree. Before Levy came back in the preseason and the training camp, their linebackers looked very average. And that was with Josh Bynes, who was just placed on IR, and he'll be out at least half the season. So, I mean, they have some depth issues and talent issues. I think if they lose Whitehead, uh, or uh, you know, because Whitehead does cover you know, a lot of territory in the middle there, he's, he's pretty good. And then especially Levy, he's just a superstar when he's out there and healthy. Um, and I think he'll be just fine this year. Even though like, he didn't play a lot last year, I think I don't think Russ will be a huge issue with him. Uh, but yeah, there's just a lot of depth issues. And you mentioned John Bostic; he hasn't practiced in a month because of. You know, undergoing surgery on his leg there. Uh, and people thought, I, I thought he was going to be put on IR today, which would allow the team to bring him back uh, in week eight, in week nine. Um, they did that. Uh, and they put a linebacker on IR today, but it was Josh Bynes. Right. Uh, so I have no idea when Bostic will be back. And then Bynes is also out for at least half the year, if not the full year. So uh, just a lot of depth issues and talent issues there. I think that's why you saw the roster move made there. All right, final thing for Kyle Mikey, MLive.com, with all these roster moves and everything else, and all the teams are doing it. And, and some teams, I think Cleveland or, or a few others, uh, claim five or six guys. Isn't the bottom line though that the, the money players and the guy making the most, the guys making the most, and the Staffords and the Ziggies and the Slays? We could talk about fifty-two, fifty-one, fifty-three on the roster, but if one, two, and three aren't performing, then it'll be a long year, correct? Absolutely. That, it's, that's the funny thing about this weekend is we all pay attention to 
uh, Jake Rudock, the third quarterback, or the practice squad. We pay attention to TJ Jones as the last receiver. We pay attention to, I mean, I've been writing about Kerry Hyder uh, or, or the cut of Karan Reed. You know, if the Lions win or lose, none of these guys are going to be very consequential. If Jake Rudock's taking a snap, for the Lions, you're, you're, you're already probably losing. You're probably already in rough shape. And so that's, you know, it's, it's an interesting week to see how they, they, the, the dust settles on the team. But at the end of the day, you still need Riley Reef, You still need Taylor Decker. You still need Matthew Stafford and Marvin Jones. And you definitely need Haloti Nada and Tyron Walker. And, and you need play in the trenches. And you need a better offensive line with the Lions have had. Those are the guys who matter. It's not, with all respect to Jake Rudock, it's not the Jake Rudock of the world. Kyle, appreciate it, my friend. And uh, enjoy Indy this weekend. Yeah, sounds good, Matt. Appreciate it. Kyle Mikey, MLive.com with me on Locked On Lions. That'll do it for September 4 into 5 edition of the podcast. We'll be back tomorrow. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash catalyst.